You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. Go bet with my bookie. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code GATORS and they will match your deposit 50%. Go bet with my bookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Finally, 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 our Florida Gators 41 and the hated Seminoles of Florida State 14. No more five-game winning streak. That streak is over. No winning season for Florida State. No no bowl game for FSU. The Gators outscore FSU 28-7 in the second half. And let's say it again, they go on to win 41 to 14. Uh, Gators overcome some early, early red zone woes, but it, you know, it didn't matter as the Gators are better in pretty much every phase of the game and showed why they are taking back the state. It was a, it was a blast after the game being up, being, being amongst the players on the field when that clock read all zeros, you know, Right there, as they as they grabbed the flags and, and waved that orange and blue in Doak Campbell Stadium, Chauncey Gardner Johnson grabbing a, a Seminole doll head and, and raising it to the crowd. Uh, I share you plenty of pictures and, and video of that on social media on, on Twitter out there. So you guys want to check that out? It was a whole whole lot of fun seeing seeing the team have fun in that atmosphere. Uh, you know, seeing those players break the streak and in the season for a change. And destroy FSU in the process. You know, end the season on a happy note. Five years in a row, we know where Florida has lost to Florida State. A couple times that you know, a couple times after that, go on to Atlanta uh, and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. But this was all about breaking that streak and sending a message to recruits in the state of Florida and sending a message, you know, also to the nation that hey, this is not the same Florida Gators team under Dan Mullen. This is not a Will Muschamp team. This is not a Jim McElwain team. This is a team that is putting together a nine and three season in a rebuilding season, being able to get better as the season goes on and end the season with a dominating 41 to 14 performance over your hated rival. Uh, and, and one that this really, you know, uh, is, is marquee in Dan Mullen and marquee in a way to end Dan Mullen's first season. Before we break down the game here, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. If you're a Jaguars fan out there as well, check out Till the Podcast, a new uh, Jaguars podcast from News for Jacks. But catch Gators Breakdown on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, Spotify as well. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, and you'll want to follow me on social media if, if you want to go back and look at the last couple of days of having fun with this Florida 
win over Florida State. And as I mentioned, all the all the videos of Chauncey Gardner Johnson uh, with the Seminole head and you know fun uh, fun poke at FSU with not making the bowl games. You can get a lot of that stuff as well as, of course, you know news and my thoughts uh, on Twitter and the Gators Breakdown Twitter at Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook. So here we go. By beating FSU 41 to 14, that 27 point margin is the third largest win over FSU in this rivalry. Um, you know, being there also in the 2008 wins, a 45 to 14, uh, 45 15 victory in 2008, and a 42 to 13 win in 1972. Uh, but uh, yesterday's 41 to 14, the third largest win ever. So, you know, what contributed to the win? I you know. How about 500 yards of offense? Over 500 yards of offense. The third straight game where the Gators have accomplished that. Over 500 yards of offense on your hated rival in a game that you needed to win and send a statement. You know, this offense isn't even where it needs to be as a whole yet. And you leave Dope Campbell Stadium with 536 yards of offense. You know, so we previewed the game. Going back to the game plan, I thought we'd see. I was a little surprised to see Florida come out as, p- coming out passing as much as they did, especially in the red zone. You know the lack of wide receiver screens. Uh, you know, but you, you go back and look at it. You know that is weaknesses of the Florida State defense is that secondary. So you know, not really too surprising when you go and look at it. I was you know discussing uh, with somebody that Mullen may fill out Franks and fill out that FSU secondary early on since that is the weakness, just to see what he can get there. And if it doesn't go according to plan, we rely on that run game a little bit. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, we'll go through and, um, you know, explain the game here. But, you know, uh, red zone uh, problems here, you know, in the first half of the passing game, it just wasn't in sync. You know, you had some big plays here and there. Uh, but, Frank, you know, just couldn't get it done. Uh, once the Gators got close to the end zone, and uh, that was the that was the, basically the reason for only a thirteen uh, to seven lead at halftime, uh, the Gators would march down the field, and you know, I thought the play calling relied too much on Franks in the red zone. He dropped back, couldn't go through his progressions, and have to scramble. Uh, some his fault, not 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 all of it. Uh, wide receivers were having trouble uh, separating at times, but also other plays. Uh, in the first half where receivers were running wide open and either pressure would uh, cause Franks to scramble or he would just scramble on his own. Uh, but in the first quarter, you know, Franks was an okay six of nine, 71 yards, uh, really struggled in the second quarter, two of six for 62 yards. Uh, one of those being a 54 yarder to, to Trevon Grimes. But in the first half, uh, Franks ended eight of 15 for 133 yards. But here we go. What a way to bounce back like he has multiple times this year uh, in the second half for Franks as he went 8 of 11, three touchdowns, all three of his touchdowns in the second half uh, here and 121 yards, uh, finished the game 16 of 26, 254 yards, all three touchdowns, as I mentioned, coming in the second half. Now, look, at it, and I went back uh, last week and we were previewing this game and you know, 200 yards was kind of the benchmark. If Franks got over 200 yards and the run game was working like it did, this was going to be an easy Gator victory. And that's pretty much how it played out. And as I said, you know, 16 to 18 um, completions and over 200 yards would be a good thing for this Florida offense. There it was. It's 16 completions, 254 yards. And as I mentioned, I thought the run game would pretty much work like it did. And I 
that that stat line was key for me is getting over that 200 yard passing mark with an efficient 16, 18 completions. That's exactly what we got there. So Felipe Franks has thrown at least three touchdown passes in four games this season, marking the first time since 2008 a Gators quarterback has thrown three touchdowns in four games within a season. So for all the uh, all the criticism, some here too uh, of Felipe Franks, but uh, haven't been as down on him uh, as many out there. For all the criticism, you can look at just the progression, game one to game twelve, in a dominating fashion at the end, and Felipe Franks played probably his best game of his career when it's all when it, when it's all said and done, and it's just. Yes, it's not perfect. And there will eventually be a quarterback, Dan Mullen, can work the offense the way he wants it to. For right now, it's Felipe Franks. And for right now, he played good enough to get the Gators to a 9-3 and record. And in season one, we all would have taken this. Yes, you can be frustrated with the things the way have have played out this season. But you look at Felipe Franks' numbers. And in August, when he was named starter, you would have taken these numbers. You would have taken a 9-3 and record. And somebody would have told you you would have beat Florida State, Tennessee, LSU. We all would have taken it. And no questions asked. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at the season as a whole coming up. You know, of course, you, you can't pre- predict a loss to Kentucky, Missouri along the way either with, with that. But we would have taken these numbers. We would have taken a 9-3 and record. And we would have taken the wins versus LSU and FSU with the exact same numbers Felipe Franks has right now, we would have taken it. And so uh, in in the end, it's absolutely okay, even if you're not a full Frank supporter, to be happy with what we saw. And look, uh, Frank, he found his groove, and the run game helped open up the passing game. You know, there was some some great play calling to open up receivers, you know, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, it was really a tale of two halves for the play calling in general to me and m- many of you out there as well. Uh, you, you expressed your frustration uh, as I did as well in, in the first half with just kind of the combination of, of the play calling and, and Frank's. Uh, but, you know, it, it, we found a way to, to more of a willingness to, you know, to stick with the ground game, uh, especially in the third quarter. Uh, so coming into the game, you know, it was definitely, you know, as I mentioned earlier, FSU secondary, that was the weakness. And Mullen wanted to attack it early. You know, Franks had nine pass attempts, uh, a couple more that ended up in scrambles compared to six combined carries for P. Ryan and Scarlett in the first quarter. So nine pass attempts for Franks, P. Ryan and Scarlett, six attempts uh, combined in the first quarter. The second quarter, nine runs between those two backs compared to six pass attempts for Franks. Uh, so breaking it down even more with Franks, Scarlett, and P. Ryan, 11 rushes for 31 yards in the first quarter. Couldn't get the run game going early uh, there, especially in the first quarter, as I mentioned. So part of it, I thought, um, you know, maybe you know, relying too much on Franks and not sticking with the ground game enough. But I do think Mullen was trying to, and we've seen it many a time this year with what Mullen's trying to do early in games, either maybe to get Franks' confidence up early or either, you know, those are the plays you're given early and you're kind of playing into the defense a little bit because they are stacking the box. You've got your, you know, your receivers in one-on-one matchups against like FSU too. A lot of cushion, a lot of cushion given up by these FSU DBs. So I was really, that's why I was really surprised with the lack of screens because almost every time Florida would line up in a three receiver, uh, you know, bunch formation on either side of the field, those FSU DBs were playing back and, 
Sometimes you even had numbers where only two guys were anywhere close with three receivers. You could definitely would have blocked, uh, you know, two on two with one, one receiver and that one receiver catching the pass and be able to, you know, make a move and get down the field. Uh, but, you know, it, it, all said and done in, in the first quarter, it was 11 rushes for 31 yards between Frank Scarlett Piran. And then in the second quarter, 12 rushes for 100 yards, 8.3 yards per carry. That was aided by P. Ryan's 74-yard touchdown run. So besides that big run, you know, Florida was definitely having, having trouble running the ball uh, and, and tried to let Franks control the game early on. Uh, then you move to the third quarter, and as I mentioned, you know, this is when Florida kind of really just stuck with the run game, especially coming out after halftime. I'll look at that. But as a whole in the third quarter, 17 rushes for 86 yards, 5 yards per carry. And then also in the fourth quarter, 12 rushes, 65 yards, 5.4 yards, uh, yards per carry there. So you could tell Florida was wanting to run the ball after halftime, uh, I think, to help open up that offense and, and help Franks a little bit more. You know, the first drive right after halftime, the very first drive, uh, Florida got the ball first, six straight run plays after halftime. Nine of the 12 plays in that drive were runs. So I think it was a way to help Franks, uh, you know, get in that ground game. Open and open up the passing game. You, you saw it, it did open up that passing game for some big plays. Uh, it later, uh, in, in the third quarter, when Florida kind of started separating themselves, when it was all said and done, um, Florida rushed for 200 plus yards for the eighth time this year, matching the combined total from the entire Jim McElwain era 2015 to 2017. Rushed for 200 plus yards. For the eighth time this year, eight times in one season, matching the entire Jim McElwain era. That, that, that doesn't say something. I don't know what will. You know, Dan Mullen has come in and found a way to get something out of this offense with the almost same exact players as the previous coaching staff. So, you know, while the passing game you know, looked clunky early on, we, we always talk about here that, the, and, you know, we went back to it. Uh, I remember doing a podcast earlier, not long after Dan Mullen was hired, about the importance of big plays. And look, that's in any offense, of course. But when you have an offense like Florida, that's probably going to be a little clunky when you're trying to figure things out in year one. Hey, if you can get big plays, then that can really help the offense. And it played an important role <laughs> in this game and how much they could help the offense. And, you know, look, we already mentioned the biggest one, P. Ryan's 74-yard run. Uh, but big gains helped and, and got Florida in position four points, and some of them led directly to points with, with, with some of the touchdowns. So some of the, uh, the, big, or the big plays in this game, Van Jefferson, 39-yard reception in the first quarter, led to the 27-yard field goal. Uh, and so with that uh, pass to Jefferson, Franks passed John Brentley um, for the highest season passing yardage total by a Gator since Tim Tebow threw for 2,895 yards over 14 games in 2009. So, uh, you know, Franks uh, setting himself uh, in, in recent record books there. Uh, so other big plays, of course, the Michael P. Ryan 74-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. Uh, longest rushing play of the 2018 season. Longest rushing play uh, this year. So it was uh, Florida's first 70-plus rushing touch, rushing touchdown since Jeff Driscoll's 70-yard run against Vanderbilt back in 2012. It was also the longest touchdown run by a Gator since Trey Burton's 80-yard touchdown run against Tennessee in 2012. Uh, so other big plays 
in this game. Trevon Grimes, 54-yard reception in the second quarter, his longest reception of his career. Trevon Grimes, 22-yard touchdown reception in the third quarter. That was set up by another big play on defense after that fumble recovery uh, there. So way to respond after a turnover, you score 22-yard touchdown reception for Trevon Grimes. Van Jefferson, 38-yard touchdown reception in the third quarter. Trayvon Grimes, a 20-yard reception in the fourth quarter, and Jordan Scarlett had an 18-yard rush in the fourth quarter. You know, not, not a lot of big rushing yardage besides the, the, the P. Ryan touchdown and that 18-yard run from Scarlett there. Uh, but, you know, dominating uh, in the trenches as well with the offensive line. I mean, kudos to those guys. Much maligned coming into this season. Uh, probably the one position group, you know, besides quarterback that we had the biggest questions about just because of what we saw before not being a reliable group, pretty reliable as far as this year, not get, didn't give up a ton of sacks all season long and really helped. I mean, look, look at the Russian stats that we've mentioned earlier this episode for the season stats and eight games over 200 yards. And that's not just the running backs. I mean, as much as we want to, 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 to praise Pearson and Scarlett and P Ryan, it starts up front. And it starts with that offensive line who, you know, for, for all their faults that we thought we had coming in, John, kudos to John Hevesy and, and that group for, you know, finding something to work with. Um, of course, you know, going back to, to early in the season and after the Kentucky game, and we, we questioned, you know, the, the mental aspect of this team, especially in the trenches, and, and what a way to respond you know, for, for, for those guys. And, you know, mostly, you know, most of the same starting five all year. Uh, so, you know, kudos to those guys and, and, and big time performance uh, from them to end uh, the season as well. Going back to those big plays, notice there were two names that had the best games of their season as well versus Florida State. Van Jefferson and Trayvon Grimes. Trayvon Grimes, five catches, 118 yards, one touchdown, a 54-yard reception. Van Jefferson, four catches, 92 yards, one touchdown, a 39-yard long uh, reception here. So for Grimes, here he entered the uh, the Florida State game with career highs of four receptions and 54 yards with only uh, one touchdown. So here we go, five catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown versus FSU. So, you know, uh, coming, coming in, only four receptions, 54 yards, and one touchdown, and uh, played the best game of his season by far. Uh, with uh, five catches, 118 yards, and one touchdown versus Florida State. You know, so with all you know, with all that said, this was the Gators' best performance of the season, given the opponent and given the circumstances of this game. And this was this was a game with the opportunity to send a message, to step on the throat of FSU, and to take back the state with an offensive performance like this was the perfect message to 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 to, to the recruits, to current players. Look, believe it, believe in us. This is this is what we do. May have started slow again, but then, and, and that's another thing to speak to this current team is how many times they go in that locker room and in the second half, you know, just pour it on. And you know that, that speaks of the buy-in once again uh, of, those, of these current players and, and, and trusting that these coaches are going to put them in the right situation uh, and not you know no frustration and and just kind of sticking to a plan. And coming out with a victory, you know, it's not even close to where it'll be when Mullen gets his guys in, and was still good enough to put up 41 points on the board and signal better things are to come for these Gators. And we move to the other side of the ball, 
that leads to some of the frustration that we saw in the first half with the offense because the Florida defense gave every opportunity to the offense to get up fast and get up early. And the defense started the game by forcing five three and outs on the first six Florida State possessions and seven out of the first 10 were three and outs. And one of those were a four and out for the Florida State offense. Also, the third drive of the game was that wasn't a three and out. The two third downs were converted by Florida penalties, not necessarily FSU converting on, converting them on offense. Florida aided them with penalties. So by the time the game ended, Florida State was one of 14 on third down. And look, we all know where it starts. Started with that pass rush. Jacopolite, Jabari Zuniga, harassed DeAndre Francois all game long. And Polite entered the game tied for third in college football and forced fumbles, became the eighth Gator in the first since Marcus May in 2015. Uh, so eighth Gator in history to log five forced fumbles in a season. Polite's two and a half sacks versus Florida State gives him 11 sacks on the season, tying Derek Harvey in 2006, Clifford Charlton in 1986, Alonzo Johnson in 1984, and Wilbur Marshall in 1981 for the highest single season total in school history. 11 sacks there, tying all those greats for fifth highest in school history in a single season. The Gators had five sacks for the game, and it was, you know, it, it really affected the entire FSU offense to the tune of only 293 yards of offense. How many times in this five game winning streak was it the Florida offense, the butt of the jokes? Well, not even close on this one. 293 yards for FSU, reversal of fortunes. Uh, for, for the two teams here, Francois only 14 of 29 with two interceptions and 154 yards, uh, 35 rush attempts for the Seminoles for only 158 yards. Tamori and Terry, Naquan Murray, only a combined six catches. So good job that Florida defensive backfield. Good job, Christopher Henderson. I don't think a pass was caught on him all day there. Uh, you know, this was uh, one of those midseason performances we saw from the Gators defense. They did exactly what they were supposed to do against an offensive line they should be able to take advantage of, and they did. They kept the big plays from happening that we've seen lately, especially early. Yes, there was a couple there. It's going to happen. I mean, it's football. You're still playing You know, a team that has some talent there. You know, you're going you're gonna to give up some plays uh, every now and then. But, you know, good because of what we saw against the big – Time, you know, not counting Idaho against the FBS opponents, you know, since the bye week there. I hate even going back to the Vanderbilt game of, of slow starts and being able the opponent being able to take advantage of what the Gator defense was doing, especially early on. So Georgia did it, Missouri did it, South Carolina did it. And then you get your rivalry game, and FSU wasn't able to take advantage of it the way those other teams were. So, you know, good, 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 fast start uh, by the defense. Give the offense every opportunity <laughs> early on uh, to really you know, stretch this game. And, uh, hey, look, it all worked out in the end, of course. Uh, nothing to complain about when it was all said and done, when, this clock, when, that, when that clock read zero. So I tell you what, you know, it's discussed it before. Um, what a big win for Dan Mullen. Remember, remember, guys, one year ago on this Sunday after the Florida State game, we got word Dan Mullen was going to be the next Florida head coach. So looking, you know, looking 
almost exactly a year ago, you know, after the McElwain fiasco, the, the, the chip tip, the chip Kelly dance, you know, it, it was Dan Mullen that was hired to be the next Florida Gator head coach the Sunday after the Florida state game. One year later, stops a five game skid to FSU with a 41 to 14 dominating performance. Like going back, he was my first choice all along. You know, I think we see why he was absolutely the right man for the job. And what he's done in just one year, you know, excited the fan base coming into the season. You beat the majority of your rivals on the schedule. You got a, you know, Tennessee, LSU. I know, dropped one to Georgia, but now Georgia, Georgia's the better team right now. No, no, no shame, no problem in admitting that. And you dominate Florida State at the end of the season when you absolutely needed to and had to. Wins over Tennessee. Wins over LSU. Wins over FSU. In year one, you end the season nine and three. You go back and look at it. You won a game you weren't supposed to win in Starkville when all the emotions were riding high of Dan Mullen returning to his old school. And you walk out of there with a, with a victory many people think you should have no business of winning. When it was all said and done, you're nine and three. Florida had, had, every, had every bit the right way of winning that game. Going back and looking at it, you know, in this first season, the offensive progression from Dan Mullen, the the improvement on defense from Todd Grantham, a little bit of a lull there, uh, but all said and done, you look at what this team was able to accomplish after the four and seven season, and not knowing, you know, what you were getting in the transformation in the in the transition of Dan Mullen coming in, and and, and look. Yes, uh, going back to, to Felipe Franks. Is it perfect? No. But Dan Mullen fixed him in a way where this offense is absolutely functional. It relies on the run game the way it should. Over 200 yards rushing in, in, in eight, of, you know, four, eight of 12 games this year. And look, Franks not really a liability like he was in the last offense. The offensive line not really a liability like it was in the offense. We've seen Josh Hammond, Freddie Swain, guys who really couldn't put it together under the last offense, make some plays this season, being able to 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 you know turn their career around. You had Martez Ivy, who you know not necessarily lived up to his five star billing along the offensive line. I've talked about that group, but you know some some somebody like him in particular being able to fix their career. CC Jefferson going out a winner. Uh, you know, those got two guys coming back and, and, and being a part of this team. What Dan Mullen was able to do mentally, physically, game planning, on the field coaching. I mean, look, Florida's in good hands. And it was one year ago where we were got word he was going to be the next Florida Gator head coach. I don't think many of us saw one year later, the Sunday after the Florida State game, we'd be talking about a 41-14 to 14 victory over those hated Seminoles. So let's get to your tweets and reactions from the big victory. A lot of us, including me, having a lot of fun out there on social media. Uh, so, of course, I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, I knew most of them anyway, but, of course, uh, yeah, kind of just focus it in here uh, on this episode to get your reaction. But before we do, whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be sports betting at my bookie. There's so much to bet on. College football, one more week of that with the, the championship season. Bowl games coming up as well. Uh, college basketball in full force now. NBA, NHL, NFL, custom, 
custom props, and you can even bet on esports. My bookie has been in the business for years. They got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up now, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. You get a 50% initial deposit bonus. Also, make sure you follow my bookie at BetMyBookie on Twitter or Instagram. They've personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. And uh, you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. So log on to my bookie, use promo code Gators, and get your 50% initial deposit bonus. That's promo code Gators at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. So, of course, going back to uh, ask you guys to send in your reactions to the big victory. And let's get it started with TK at Tailgator196. Feels like order has been restored. I know there is a long way to get back to winning championships, but Dan has us going in the right direction. Absolutely, absolutely there. Of course, we'll, with the season over, and we'll enjoy this FSU victory for uh, another episode or two here on Gators Breakdown, but recruit, the, the word of recruiting will rear its head big time. Um, Naquan Wright commit right after the Florida State game. Uh, many people I trust uh, talked to a high school coach actually last week. So Wright wasn't even committed to Florida State. And he brought up right out of the out of the blue and asked me, you know, uh, what I thought about Florida's interest in him. I mean, Tony Mitt was high, all, all that good stuff uh, as a local coach here in Jacksonville. So uh, he says, yeah. And he brought up right out of the blue saying how much he really liked him uh, as a running back. Probably, you know, he put him up there, even said now I'm not I'm not saying this, not my not my opinion. Even said he liked Wright more than he did Trey Sanders when it was all said and done. So we'll see how it works out when it's all said and done. That's coming from a, a local high school coach, uh, big time program here in Jacksonville. Uh, there, so um, I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. It's a big time commit there for the Gators, but uh, yeah, you know, big victory over FSU, uh, and. Talking about long way to get back to winning championships. Starts in recruiting. Oh, uh, I think we, we've seen what Dan Mullen can do on the field. Let's go get some elites. And uh, yeah, this program's heading in the right direction for sure. Definitely on the sidelines there with Dan Mullen. Uh, Dustin Wilbright says, Great win. Perfect finishing piece that solidified a very successful first season for Mullen. Yeah, and Dan Mullen was asked by Mike Bianchi. Uh, we were in the press room after the Florida State game and asked if uh, this season lived up to his expectations and Mullen kind of quipped and, and responded, well, you know, I have high expectations, but Dan Mullen made sure to point out he's absolutely happy with the way, you know, this season played out. Absolutely happy with the way uh, the guys played and how, how could he not be? How, how could we not be as fans um, of this program to see where it has come from in just one year under Dan Mullen, uh, kind of going back to, to, you know, my piece earlier about him being hired just one year ago. Yeah. We, Absolutely have to be happy with what we saw from Dan Mullen and definitely can call this season a success, especially with the way it ended with a dominating win over FSU. Uh, Gator Cowboy fan, he goes, Under that, other than the first half red zone issues and two defensive series lapses, we own the game, didn't give FSU uh, turnovers or short fields, a sweet victory, time to hit the trail. 
Uh, yeah, we went back to you know, the first the, the red zone issues. Uh, yeah, like I said, more frustrating than anything because you saw Florida could go out and just dominate this game. <laughs> so that that was part of it. Uh, they relied on Felipe Franks a lot. Uh, he left the pocket, couldn't find open receivers when they were there. Sometimes the pressure got too much for him from the offensive line, and the FSU defensive front was you know was pretty good early on in, in, in this game, giving Franks some problems uh, a, a, as well. So with all said and done, definitely worked out. Uh, I'm not going to harp on uh, the negative there too much. Good friend at Sean Hankins. Uh, great win to end the regular season against our in-state rival. Florida staffs had the boys had the boys ready, and it showed by dominating them in every phase of the game. Should lead to a few flips to the good guys and propel us to finish within the top ten in recruiting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Quayshon Fuller out there, Derek Hunter, of course, two FSU commits that. Uh, of course, we're watching the game. Um, I think Fuller was there up close. Got to see it in person. And I think he had a tweet up there that just said dot, dot, dot. So uh, we'll see where, where that goes. Um, and yeah, and also, you know, ha- having the boys ready to play. Uh, absolutely. You know, this was a another game. Florida did score a touchdown uh, in, in the first quarter. But uh, lo and behold, nine and three with that, w- with that happening. So, you know, not counting the Idaho game. Uh, last week, you know, we'll count SEC, we'll count Power Five opponents here. You know, Florida still hasn't scored an offensive touchdown uh, since the uh, since the Tennessee game. Uh, doesn't matter, you know. They, I think we, I think we saw it. as much as uh, as much as that stat speaks to slow starts. It doesn't speak to this team. I mean, you had those slow starts and you're still nine and three. Uh, that didn't necessarily cost you. Maybe cost you. Some in the Georgia game, you could have hit that flea flicker, and maybe that's a you know a more of a closer closer game when it's all said and done uh, late in the fourth quarter. But uh, I saw water in the bridge right now. You know the, the slow starts didn't necessarily lead to to, to much, but the, yeah, they were ready to play. You, you you could just tell they were moving the ball. Uh, wasn't necessarily a, a disappointing performance at all uh, by the offense, just accepting the red zone and then the defense. As I mentioned, just three and outs early on. They came ready to play. They came out firing. And you pretty much put doubt in FSU's head uh, from the get-go. Uh, Jay Rosario521 says, unadulterated joy, woke up, and still wanted to light a cigar. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is a fun time to celebrate. Uh, no lighting cigars for me, just sharing memes like crazy on uh, on Twitter. So, <laughs> uh, uh, having some fun with this one, of course. Waited a long time. Waited a long time, Gator fans. Uh, Mike Honcho at mjohns404. Man, it feels great to beat FSU, not only to beat them, but dominate them. Great game for the entire team. Frank's played himself a game. He's taken a lot of stuff from us as fans, but he deserves a lot of credit too. Yeah, and, and that's what I go back and talking about Frank's early on. And He's going to have his detractors. He's going to have his detractors where, look, he can't do enough to to for uh, to, to please them. Uh, but when it's all said and done, Felipe Frank's was the best quarterback on the roster. Uh, pretty much showed he's the best quarterback on the roster, in my opinion. That doesn't mean he'll be the best quarterback on the roster in 2019. But for what Dan Mullen was asking to to do with this offense, and look, why can't Felipe Franks get better as well with another offseason? So you don't think it's so quick to you know, to cast him aside and and say he won't be the starter next season. Uh, but you know we'll let it play out. Uh, there will be a quarterback competition, I think. But for right now, what we're looking at in 2018, nine and three record. Led the team uh, with, with that nine and three record, improved himself, improved his stats uh, as well. He absolutely deserves a lot of credit. 
at HWY20 Gator. Uh, talked to him you know, a lot this week on Twitter, and uh, he, he was he was worried about this FSU game, and he, he even admits it right here. He goes, uh, I doubted the team, the coaching, and the program as a whole. I didn't think we could get the win. As of yesterday, my entire outlook has changed. We are a few classes away from being who UF was, but we're definitely on the way back to national relevance. And that, that was another thing with this FSU game. There, there, uh, you know, there, there were a few out there who just kind of had to see it first. I and mean, that's how I was coming into the season. Uh, as the season played out, you know, this was a, uh, a game Florida should win. You know, I shared a tweet earlier this week and I apologize for whoever sent it. I, I forgot, but it was, it, it was to the effect of if FSU was any other team in the ACC or anybody with the similar resume, if they didn't have FSU, if they didn't have that spear on their helmet, we wouldn't be worried about the game in general. Uh, it was just because it was FSU of why there was a little worry. Because it was a rivalry game, there was a little worry. But given FSU's resume and how they played all year, and Will and I going, but you go back to last week's episode, and we just announced those putrid stats that FSU had come into this game. You know, if Florida played their game, which they did, that was the type of performance we were going to get. And uh, kind of almost played out like I thought it would. I said it'd be a close game in the, in the third quarter. I didn't think Florida would have the chances they did early on to, to almost put the game away, uh, but had to settle for some field goals there. And instead of putting the ball in the end zone, I thought Florida would eventually pull away mid-third quarter, fourth quarter. They kind of did uh, in, in a way, but a little different fashion than, than than I thought there. But dominating fashion, I think I had the score of 30-17, to 17, uh, all said and done, 41 to 14 for the Gators. Scott Sweat. Scott Sweat 1010 says, loved it. I've been waiting for a win like this, and this proves without a doubt we've got the right coach and the best in the East. Give Mullen George's roster, and he wins a championship right now. All we need are players to recruit, recruit, recruit. There it is. I mean, I, I look, you guys know I'm a Stars Matter guy, but I also have always admitted you got to have the coach too. We got one part of the equation. Come on. Let's go get the other part of the equation, and I think we all can see the potential this Florida Gator team has. Now, the Stephen Ole, uh, biggest takeaway for me is how good we should feel going into the offseason. Last three games, we've gone over 500 yards with three wins and have a chance to win a New Year's Six game uh, versus the last three seasons we've ended the year so badly. There are some real good reasons for optimism. Absolutely. You know, I just I said so many uh in, in this episode and it starts with starts with having the right coach and uh that's why we all should feel optimistic there's a lot of reasons i think we felt optimistic going into the season as well uh but exceeded expectations in year one and that's why optimism should be high for the gators going into that first game of next season when florida meets, meets miami and orlando i think uh gator fans will be uh with jacked up for that game Brandon Cisnerosa uh, checks in a lot here. Uh, I grew up in a house divided, and, and from 2013 to 2017, I had to wear the same thing. But yesterday was glorious. Our Gators won with some swagger. We ain't back, but we could be next year. Uh, try and get through a few more here. Clint Lawrence, uh, dominance, Dave. Other than a couple breakdowns, dominance. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Bingham says uh, at Gator Man. 64, I still had PTSD from the must-champ Mac eras and really thought FSU would make this a ball game. I finally feel like we have a coach that not only understands offense, but had to build a championship team. Bradley Wentworth, uh, it's obvious that Coach Mullen is coaching circles around previous staff and Taggart. 
Just wait till he gets a couple of recruiting classes under his belt. This has been a fun year going by way too quickly. Yeah, Bradley, uh, absolutely. Mullen showed in just one year the separation of Florida and Florida State right now. And don't get me wrong. I do think Florida State is better than what they showed this year. But Willie Taggart really, and we heard all year about, oh, Jimbo left such a mess. He didn't leave that big of a mess. He didn't leave a five and seven mess. Um, Taggart, not, it, it took him a little while to, to realize and trying to change some things, uh, probably too little too late uh, for this FSU team. Um, DeAndre Francois, not necessarily the best quarterback for him in the in the system. Probably could be better if he stuck to the – if he ran the ball a little more, trusted himself in running the ball a little bit more. Also some des- more design runs um, as well. I was talking to James Coleman, saw him in the press box uh, last week. The one touchdown drive where DeAndre Francois ran like crazy. He goes, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Francois, and, and when he gave kudos to Franks in our preview of being a willing runner, he was trying to – that's kind of the point he was trying to make for Francois as well. You have to be a willing runner, and that's part of the disappointment uh, for Florida State uh, this year. So, yeah, it was just uh, – you, you could definitely tell the coaching acumen difference of a Dan Mullen being able to come in, take over this team, 4-7, and seven, lead them to a New Year's Six game, and FSU struggled last season under Jimbo Fisher, and Willie Taggart coming in and taking the offense in an opposite direction and necess- and not being able to improve the team whatsoever from the previous staff. So, you know, does it play out this way for, for years to come? Off to a good start for Dan Mullen. Does this game change recruits' minds? Uh, you know, it's going to change a few or a couple to a few, you know, two, three recruits maybe, you know, as I mentioned, Fuller, Hunter, Hunter there. Uh, do some of the other commits go to other schools and not necessarily Florida uh, when it's all said and done. So, you know, this game could, could be a really dagger uh, to, to FSU when it's all said and done. So that's why you have to go win this game. It sets up so many things for Florida to trend up and FSU to trend down. Justin Wood, uh, it's the kind of win I expected. I expected the Gators to dominate the Knowles. I am surprised it took a half for the Gators to start dominating. I think it's great. It's the, I think it's a great building block for next season. Yeah, you know, going back to the, to the game, as I mentioned, you know, if, if this was another team with FSU's resume, we wouldn't have been uh, as worried. So that when the Gators, you know, looking at the team they were playing, yes, it should have been a team they beat. In, in certain areas, a team that should dominate, especially when you look at what Florida has done on the in, the in the defensive trenches at points this year and what the FSU offensive line has done in points this year. And what played out was that Florida defensive front just completely dominating that FSU offensive line all game long. All right, a couple more thoughts here before uh, we move on. Zachary Garner. Uh, Zachary Garner, 44, the season is over. We've exceeded expectations. It hasn't felt this good to be a Gator since 2012, and even then it was tempered with the realization that offense wasn't improving. Now we're moving forward and have a chance to build a build going into recruiting. So come on down, guys. And uh, let's see, Messenger Music. Uh, we see the importance of coaching and culture during the game. FSU looked like. Uh, they practice dancing more than football. <laughs> that team has very little football awareness. 
Meanwhile, Gators played a complete game. A couple things there. Coaching and culture. Look, Kodak Black was on the sideline there. So I'm there walking walking on the field with about four minutes left in the game, and I see Kodak Black on the sideline and, and the players interacting with him. Uh, and just to see – you don't think that caught with some recruits mind uh, of seeing – um, you know, somebody they can relate to on there in that sideline music they listen to. Uh, yeah, it, it, it did. And Florida's got a little bit of swag back uh, under Dan Mullen, you know, the, the Jordan brand stuff, you know, Kodak Black uh, talking about the Gators on social media. And yeah, it, that, that it shifted to the players a little bit. And you go back and look at those videos of, of Chauncey Gardner along with the fans holding up that, that Seminole doll head. Uh, look, it's it's payback for all the stuff FSU's done with the, with the Gatorhead after the games and stuff the last five years and uh, all that stuff. So yeah, there, there is a culture change uh, with this team, uh, and yeah, and uh, talking about coaching and kind of you know where the, the point FSU looked like they practice more dancing than football. Uh, there was a point in that game where Florida State only had ten guys on offense and. Johnson Gardner Johnson looked kind of confused because look, he's expecting 11 players on the field and he's looking at uh, the FSU sideline there kind of, Hey, look, you only have 10 guys on, on the field. Uh, the play goes on to, to be a, a, a deep incompletion for Florida state. But I mean, look at all the penalties, all the motion penalties, all the, the, the 10 guys on the field. I mean, FSU was a terribly penalized coming into this game and it showed once again, and that's one of the you – know, go back and just look at uh, the, the coaching aspect between these two teams uh, right now. Uh, a few more. Here we go. It's Sean Jordan. They dominated in the trenches and showed they're willing to take calculated risk on fourth down. Didn't love all the red zone or fourth down play calls, but that will improve. UF is the best team in Florida, and they get better on the field and in recruiting. I'm glad we have Mullen. Uh, Josh Horton, not many negatives, mostly all positive. After 12 games, though, I really expected Joseph to understand his assignments by now. Safety play is still suspect. Good problem uh, brewing for 19, though, uh, with Marco uh, with Marco back, adding in Dean and Bernie, and you have a solid secondary outside of safety. Yeah, they'll work on those things, of course, uh, coming up spring ball. Uh, bowl, you've got 15 bowl practices now uh, to work on things like that there. So. Here we go. Gator Bay 03, Donald Limpscomb. Business is booming in the Ville. It's fun to be filled with hope and riding a winning streak into the postseason for once instead of trending downward going into bowls. Excited to see what the staff can do with this momentum on the trail. And they'll be hitting the trail really, really soon uh, this week. And you'll know they'll be out there in homes uh, of recruits right now. Here we go. Uh, took your backpack. <laughs> at Mike Earl 321. Big win. UF got the right guy. If Willie T doesn't like celebrations by opposing teams, he should try winning instead of whining. Dan has Franks in this team playing with confidence and heart. Refreshing to see. Uh, I'll try and get a few more here. If uh, boring you with some of these tweets, uh, sorry, but uh, a lot of you guys excited. Uh, kind of the last time we get to do this after a game besides the bowl game. So I'm going to get some of you guys there, some good thoughts here. Uh, it was an overall solid win for the program. Star for a win against FSU. I'll look for things to build upon for next year. And to me, the most important is recruiting. This game was seen as vital for recruiting. I want to see positive momentum here. Uh, Lord Heller, some good thoughts on Franks here. Franks look good, but knowing you have time is huge for a quarterback. That scramble where he hit Grimes on a comeback touchdown, he had all day to throw. 
In fact, the one sack he took was a covered sack. Hats off to Franks taking advantage of his offensive line. But the Hogs up front dominated. Uh, last couple ones here. Uh, uh, every time we count Franks out, call him for getting call him for, to get benched. He responds and balls out. Much respect to him as a team. We did what you were supposed to do to bad teams. We would have beaten them worse except for the first half of red zone issues, basking in the glow of a successful year. And uh, Luis Pesson, La Prata Granada, uh, the first overwhelming impression has to be how well Felipe Franks played. His entire game was on the money, playing with great confidence, both throwing and running slash bulldozing. As in the Spurrier days, his passing set up the run. He owned the second half. Yeah, so very good for Felipe Franks and performance for him for heading out uh, this uh, 2018 season and um, getting that 41-14 victory over Florida State. So let's wrap up this with scores of interest from around the SEC. Florida 41, Florida State 14, the Gators 41, the Seminoles 14, the University of Florida 41, Florida State University 14, the orange and blue, 41. The garnet and gold, 14. Uh, one more. The school in Gainesville, 41. The school in Tallahassee, 14. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll be more serious here. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, take a look around the last week of the 2018 season. Oh, man. Flew by. Flew by. Some good games in the SEC uh, here uh, for, for this week. And a uh, lot of, lot of, uh, Man, just some drama uh, for the uh, uh, in the SEC, the last SEC game of the year. We'll get to that in a second, but let's go back to Thursday. Mississippi State beat Ole Miss thirty-five to three. Arkansas loses to Missouri thirty-eight to nothing. That game was on Friday, and then Georgia dominates Georgia Tech forty-five to twenty-one. Jake Fromm went uh, very efficient in that game, uh, only one hundred seventy-five yards, but I think only three completions or four completions, incompletions. So. Crazy there. Iron Bowl was close at halftime. Alabama eventually pulls away 52 to 21 over Auburn. Vanderbilt puts it on Tennessee 38 to 13. Kyle Shermer 367 yards passing. And man, Tennessee. Remember all that talk a couple weeks ago? Jeremy Pruitt, SEC coach of the year? Nope. Clemson, 56-35 over South Carolina. Uh, that game was close at halftime as well. Uh, South Carolina was only down seven uh, at halftime before Clemson pulls away. 56-35. to 35. No surprise, Kentucky over Louisville, 56-10. to 10. And in the last SEC game of the season, seven overtimes. And Texas A&M beats LSU 74-72. to 72. I mean, that was... That was a heck of a game. I stayed up for every bit of it after uh, coming back from Tallahassee. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun to, to, to see a uh, seven-overtime game out there between uh, Texas A&M and LSU that gives LSU their third loss of the season as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they are at in, in the next rankings compared to Florida um, as well. Florida has to head-to-head over them. LSU still with pr- pretty good resume. Uh, would you know, win over Georgia uh, losses to, to – uh, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Florida there. So it will be interesting to kind of see how it all shakes out uh, when the rankings uh, 
when the rankings come out there. Ooh, between uh, Florida, LSU, because um, people were wondering about the how, how the bowl game will figure out with the New Year's Six, and uh, that, I don't think it mattered too much what happened to LSU if Florida was getting the New Year's Six bowl game or not. So I don't think too much worried there um, when it was all said and done for LSU falling to Texas A&M. So, yeah, there we go. 41 to 14. Hey, that, 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 that score holds a special place in our heart uh, for the uh, 2006 national championship win over Ohio State. Also, another one when we stopped the streak versus FSU. It's 41 to 14 Gators over the Seminoles. So, man, last recap of the, of the regular season here. Uh, all 12 games here. Uh, thanks for a lot of you for for joining me every Sunday uh, in this library, you know, in our instant kind of reaction uh, episodes. Uh, some of you catch the podcast version as well uh, on Sunday or the, or, or the day after on Monday. Uh, thanks to everybody for all the uh, trust in us uh, this season and big time episodes and guests we've had from uh, Reese Davis and from game day and Peter Burns from SEC network, Chris Doring and Ben Troop and, all the guests who have joined me from all the uh, opponent previews uh, this past week, James Coleman, and you know, for previewing FSU and all the all, all the all the uh, beat writers and yeah, you know, all that good stuff out there who covered the other teams are joining me here and, and previewing the teams uh, only like they can. So uh, big time thanks to everybody out there for all the listens, all the interaction, uh, and all the um, uh, I guess info they can provide. Uh, out there for for Gators breakdown, but most of all, thanks to all you out there who listen and and share and and all the interaction on Twitter and all the fun we've had the last couple of days and all twelve see uh, all twelve games this year. Uh, it was it's been a much funner ride covering this Florida team compared to uh, when I started the podcast. So definitely the funnest season uh, I've had covering the Gators, and glad I get to share it uh, with so many of you out there and helping grow grow this podcast help grow gators breakdown and you know thanks to will uh, out there for joining me every week uh on here his site reading reaction uh bill whenever he can all the gator panels we'll have another gator panel uh to announce that uh later this week with uh all the guys uh from from the last one silk uh nick de la torre uh dan thompson thomas goldcamp tate casey would join us uh as well um graham hall all the Everybody you expect to, to kind of be on this. Uh, we'll do another Gator panel. Uh, we'll have another episode with Will Miles on Monday uh, here on Gators Breakdown. Get his thoughts of the FSU game. You can go and read his thoughts at Read and Reaction as well of, of his review, his film review uh, of what the Gators were able to take advantage of for a 41-14 victory. Man, it feels good. feels good to, to get this game off of our shoulders, off of our chest, and, and for these Gators to uh, to come out victorious and stop that five-game losing streak to those uh, to that school out west there. So I'm um, David Waters, host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>